you are listening to the empowering indian experts podcast if you are an indian living abroad feeling stuck in an average 9 to 5 or a job or business that's not helping you reach your full potential this is the podcast to tune in where you will find your role models and learn from their dream struggle victory stories this is your host asan ali a long time id professional living in sydney australia who has made it his mission to find and unpack the stories the strategies and life lessons of successful and inspiring indian experts to help you and i reach our full potential Today's guest is a senior executive in a global IT company uh, who also started as a programmer like most IT professionals. So I want to know the decisions and the strategies that helped her build a thriving career. So let's talk to Arna Patam and get to hear her story directly from her. Hi Aruna, how are you? Not too bad, Ishan. Thanks. Uh, how are you doing? Very good, and uh, welcome to the show. And uh, very, very excited to uh, uncover your story today. And as you know, this is a podcast where I cover stories of Indian expats. You live in Sydney, so you're definitely an expat. And uh, people who have either transitioned from uh, corporate to entrepreneurship, or they have done uh, something interesting in their career itself. Yeah. and you are among those people who have done pretty well in your career uh, today you head the analytics and data science for uh, australia and asia and pretty much looks like half of half of the world for uh, hcl technologies yes and uh, you know i've seen your journey with whatever i could capture on linkedin so the whole idea is to get the insights of how you have done all these things and what drove you and the challenges you went through and all of those things to inspire our audience and inspire me because i think you have done really well thank you so much ishan that's really a good uh, a summary about me and you you know for knowing about me as well so i'm quite excited i've been seeing your podcast you know i was just uh, thinking you have got people from varied backgrounds interesting amazing stories and quite inspiring so I'm really glad to be part of your podcast um, you know honestly. awesome thank you awesome thank you very much again for coming on the podcast you've been in australia for long aruna yeah so goes back to 24 plus years now so i was just realized that the number of years on earth in australia is now more than the number of years i've been in india, in india so i've yeah. just crossed that number of years so probably it becomes the home now still there's a bit of heart is still back in india you know been there grown up there but yeah so it's been a many which, many years now which part of india did you come uh, from i come from chennai south india yeah of course so that's that's uh, that's where it all started yeah yeah and uh, what was the reason for moving to australia yeah so it's a little bit of a interesting story i might wanted to just you know just to go back a little bit to give you a bit of my journey and and uh, sure. where how yeah. i landed in australia so Yeah I was in year 11 and year 12 probably go from there I was an okay okay the girl you know studying um, average do, doing and didn't have many aspirations in the sense I have to do this those days you know be okay to just do a degree and get married and settle that was my uh, perception so start went to did my bachelor's of business administration and um then i finished my uh, bachelor's of business administration in fact halfway through there was a good lecturer i had she had done uh, mba and she was teaching us and uh, she was she used to tell her all her inspiring stories about mba and and the career option and those days 
MBA was just catching up and it was non, not known very well. Very few people knew about MBA and, and um, how it was coming. Especially, and, especially the BBA was not that popular thing and it was mostly engineering or medical was most yes. popular. Yeah, you don't. If you can't get in there, then you probably do accounting. Um, yes, yes, it is interesting because yeah. the reason I took VBA is because it was very close to my house, and it was just they just introduced that course that year. So right. okay. I, I thought I will do that, and so she was quite inspiring. And uh, as and when she was telling her story, and she was quite inspiring in the way she wanted women to have aspiration and, and you know to to do something to grow up in life and stand for themselves. Uh, and slowly, slowly got, got got into it. And then she created a little um, group who are interested in do further studies. And uh, like a coaching, she used to give us after uh, evening coaching and uh, and she wanted to create a group. So she asked who are all interested. I just went there, you um, know, because I liked the way she did. So I just went there and then slowly, slowly got interesting. And she gave all the materials to do MBA. She said, don't stop here. You know, you guys have the potential you can do. So that's when I started get, getting interested in MBA and and did a lot of, you know, she gave a lot of support and did my entrance exam, all of that stuff and got through in one of the reputed uh, universities back in the South. And then, yeah, that's how I, otherwise I thought after finishing this degree, you know, as, as always others do, I thought that's my journey. But then I went into MBA and um uh, and did that. So I did my finance and marketing specialization in MBA. Finance and marketing, yeah. And uh, but my my all my college mates they were all from engineering background, be computer science and mechanical yeah. engineering. And I sort of felt a little left out. You are like a generic, you know, generic, okay, fluffy there, you know, no, yeah. no nothing very yeah. technical. So I thought I should sort of fill this gap. Uh, so in my um, summer holidays, that's when computers was picking up. Right. So I said, you know, I will go and do, you know, a course. So I joined this. It was basic and C programming. I think it basic started. And C. Yeah. yeah. I went there and enrolled myself. And there was, I think one, I'm one, one or two females there, rest all men. And I struggled a little bit in the for a few weeks. And there was a bit of people making fun. And, and at that age, I didn't have the maturity. I said, no, this is not for me. And I quit within two weeks. I didn't pursue further. And so I said, that was uh, when you were doing your postgraduate, MBA. which is MBA. Yeah. MBA. Okay. All right. So you did in so the summer holidays. Answer. Okay. Yeah. Mm. So I, I like, I think that's my, I like anything emerging and coming, you know, and I wanted to be there in front and uh, okay. having a taste of all this emerging and computers was emerging. And I was thinking, I don't want to be left out and I wanted to do it. Until because I'm, all my background is very generic stuff, right? So, right. and then, so I thought maybe I'm not made for technical. I'm more, maybe more a generalist. And I left mm -hmm. it and, and just moved, moved on. And when I was doing my final year of my MBA, my boyfriend, he wanted to go overseas to study. Mm -hmm. And he, he, and then said, okay, where do you want to go? Because at those days, it's US, America, or UK, that's a stock standard. Yeah, yeah. Australia, not many people know. And said, yeah. no, I'm thinking, I'm, I don't want to go where any, every people, you know, all of people go. Everybody goes, yeah. And so he said, then I think I'll go to Adelaide. I said, oh, where is Adelaide? You know, <laughs> and then he said, no, it is in Australia. This is where, uh, why? And he said, you know, because I, he loves cricket. cricket and he yeah. watched cricket in Adelaide Oval. So he said, yeah. that's the place I wanted to go and study. Uh, right. So it was funny. So that's how I came to know about Australia. Before then, I, I didn't have much clue. 
So he came to Australia to study in Adelaide. Two, three months uh, after that, he felt lonely and he wanted me to come. He said, why don't you also come uh, with me? I said, are you kidding me? I'm just going to finish my MBA and you, you know, how do I come? Because we were not married then. How do you expect me to come? And he said, why don't you come and study with me? Then I said, okay, I don't know whether my dad is going to, you know, let me do this. So because he didn't know at the time we were going out and all of that stuff. Mm. My mom knew about it. So mm. uh, then I spoke to my mom and then we were, t- okay, that was sort of sorted out. My my mom convinced my dad that she wants to go to overseas and study. You know, why don't you give her a job opportunity? And then what do I study? So that because I, I did MBA, so maybe I should do a PhD uh, or, or something along that line. That, you know, you do a master's and then next is PhD. Right. That was right. my, and then and then I thought I did a bit of a research and discussed with my husband. And then it's it's going to be generalistic again. And you're coming to a new country, new culture, doing a management. I was not sure about the opportunities there. Right, right. And um, he also checked. And then I said, maybe I need to go to technical. So that's where it's a safer bet. You know, technical is technical wherever you go, but management, Mm -hmm. you need to have the culture, you need to have the language, all of that stuff. So, and then it went back to me. So maybe I should do computers again. You know, this is probably for, and I I felt a little bit, you know, will I be in a new country trying to do computers again? Will I do it? And then I said, if you don't do it now, this is your last ever opportunity uh, to get into this. If you don't, you'll never, so... You have to study anyway, so why don't you do computers? So that's how So I, I got admission into University of South Australia. I sort of finished my um, course and then I wanted now with uh, looking into the job. And again, there, one of the hiccups I had was I didn't realize that in Australia, they actually do the graduate recruitment one year before. Back in India. When you say one year before, what does that mean? So if you're in a final year, like yeah. four years, if there, they will do it in third year. They'll close everything in third year. Right, but you were doing masters, right? Yeah. So, so they they would. So if you are doing two years, the first year end, they will finish everything. So the second oh, year. Okay. So they, you didn't know that. So you didn't I really didn't go through because that. I was very cool that oh. six months before my course finishes, I started looking for graduate recruitment, and I went there. I, they gave me a big book with all the company's name addresses. And then over there, it says intake finished for, it was 2000. Intake for 2000 finished in 1998, you know, one year prior. So I was behind by six months. There was many companies have gone. So I didn't know what, then I said, okay, I'm going to do anyway. So I took this big book. And those days you have to have, uh, print out the CVs, have the stamps, have the covers. And I got got everything and took the address, wrote, 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 you know, I would have written 50 plus. To everyone you know and I said you know you try it at least you're trying it if you don't get you don't get there were a few selected companies who were actually taking graduate recruitment late they had two intakes one most of them sort of finished so I, I applied that and luckily I did get I mean most 80% was no 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 sorry unfortunately all of that stuff there are a few companies they came back uh, the one was there was one defense technology DSTO I was quite excited about that opportunity. It came in. I went through all the interview. And and the good bit is all the interviews that I went, they actually gave credit to my MBA, which was... Uh, That's interesting. Well, because, how is that? Because they thought I'm mature compared to other ah, uni interesting. All right. Um, uh, because I was... Because other uni students, because they're just pure, finish your 
you know, the, the course and then most of them are bachelors and they come in. They are very, right. whereas I had this business administration sort of uh, background and they found me uh, mature. So, and that was, and now it was pleasing after all, after all the effort I put all in. All the hard work, yeah. Oh, uh, I had a bit of leverage, so I was happy about that. So I got through and I was waiting for the offer. And then uh, the lady called back and said, unfortunately, I can't give you the offer because it was my mistake. I overlooked you are not, you're uh, only a PR, you're not a citizen. And so apparently for the defense thing, you defense need to have minimum it. 10 True. years of PR. And yeah, she felt yeah. really, really bad. You know, you were really good fit. And yeah. unfortunately, we can't do this. Nothing I could do. So that's gone. Then I was waited and waited. I then got three companies. They wanted, they wanted to in interview me. I did well in all of the three. One was in uh, Sydney, Melbourne, and Canberra. So there's the Medicare. Yeah. I had SAS. SAS and the Salomon Unisys, and they so I got through, and I didn't know which one to pick. This absolutely, I had no idea about anything. So what do I do? Then I the, the only difference is that SAS gave more perks in terms of moving. So they they covered all the cost of moving from Adelaide. They gave me accommodation, six months, you know, paid accommodation, a service department for me. They said they can pay, you know, fly my husband at the time he was in Adelaide uh, two times a year, you know, wow, that's that was the that, I mean, that was those days, you know, mm. you don't get mm. these days, uh, mm. those sort of benefits. So yeah. I was quite excited and I said, oh, wow, I think I will go to SAS because they are the ones yeah. giving me more compared to others. That's pretty much it. I'm glad that I took uh, SAS as my yeah. first job and um, landed up in, landed in Sydney in 2000. And so it went well. So I started my job quite excited. And then because in SAS, it's a, it's a, it's a very thorough graduate program. So you have six months of training. So because they have their own programming language, SAS programming language that they teach you. I, I know how the whole thing started. So I looked at your uh, profile and you have been in analytics forever, you know, once yeah. you started your job. So now I know you're an MBA and then you did your master's. I know your story of, you know, why you moved to Australia. <laughs> yes, why and, those different degrees. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And SAS is, of course, it was one of the best companies at that time to work with. I don't know how they're doing today. Yeah. Um, and uh, so that's where your base of analytics started. Yes. And because you were a business graduate, which is now I can see it was definitely an advantage because analytics is not so much about technology, it's so much about the business side of it. So in fact, in all organizations you and I have worked, analytics most of the time sits within business rather than yes, in technology. Exactly, exactly. So, I didn't know yeah. any of this. And in fact, but, I was very worried. Uh, who knows when it starts, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I was worried, right? Uh, here I failed for the first subject. And, you know, when you're taking graduates, they look for marks because that's the right. only... Right. Uh, uh, indicator for them to, to right. take right. Right? right and I've got this black mark you know to start with and I was a bit worried so right. glad you know there was some things that covered off uh, right. and, and and made me come there and I, I should thank even now SAS has got a very special place for me because that is the foundation they're a very good company for me and I started and and I went to the the core the training it was like again going back to uni from nine to five You'll have, they teach you about the programming languages. They give you this big course notes, those files, files, folders that you have to take home and read. And within, you know, first week was okay. Second week, you know, I started getting tired and exhausted and I go home, open this file folders. Within See. half an hour, I doze off. It, I thought it was just probably initially, then it happened for a week. 
then I called my husband. I said, probably full-time job is not for me because in, in uni, you just go here one hour and there one hour and you get a break. It's not between, that tiring, yeah. Not that tiring, but here, maybe that is why. And I said, uh, you know, probably I can't work. I, I was really scared that how am I going to work for my entire next how many ever years if I can't even handle that? And then I used to, you know, the, um, come from um, my service apartment is 300 Burnsway Road is my office. The 302 is my service apartment. And I used to say, I'm so exhausted and tired to go because it was, and he said, okay, where are you? I said, in 300. Where's your service apartment? It's 302. And you're saying you're tired and exhausted to go to work because it was such a steep, it's a steep. And then I realized actually I was pregnant. Oh, okay. And uh, this I didn't know. And I was, I was very worried that that was not something that uh, I expected. Um, And here you go, 10, 10 days to your first job, graduate recruitment. And I have this and I didn't know what to do. And I was alone here. My husband was there and I was speaking to my parents and they, as usual, you know, I was in double months do I career. And then my husband said, no, you have to go and talk to them. You know, you can't sort of hide it forever. You have Mm. to. So I didn't know what to do. I was quite new. That's my first job. And uh, there was this uh, training director we had. She was a very nice lady. I went to her office, sat down and she said, what, what's it? And I couldn't talk. I just cried. I just Mm. cried literally there because I I, I was literally scared that after all this hard work I've put through that I'm not going to lose my job because of this. I didn't know how the Australian system works. And mm. she said, she got very, she said, she got worried. She said, no, 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 no. This is against discrimination. We can't do like that. And she gave me, you know, the support and assurance, you know, it, it won't happen. We are here to support you. That cannot be taken as a factor because I was not even prob- on a probation. I'm not right. permanent yet. All of that stuff mm. is there. So mm. she was quite supportive. So again, I had to go through that phase of, you know, the pregnancy and the tiredness and also you know not the best of my you know I wanted to go there and learn and do well and all of that but a bit of a hiccup with this phase that I have to go through and I went through that and uh, SAS was very supportive and in a way it was okay because they didn't have any big expectations on you because you are still considered as a training learning stuff right so there was not you know critical projects that I'm going to be impacted so it was actually good in a way worked out so then I was put into different rotations I was in consulting for three months, sales support for three months and internal IT and technical support. And then you get to choose which... Really? So it was not just uh, no, like you come it, from technology? These days. Ah, very nice. Three months intensive training, three months of uh, classroom training, three months of project training. Then you get to do work three months in each department. Very nice. And then you get to apply whichever team you wanted to go for. Wow, and then apply for consulting. And then that's how... So uh, I got into uh, sort of consulting uh, phase and also in the, because, uh, you know, at that time, my mom, I should thank my mom because she was there with me, helping me with, with, with a, with a small baby, because I didn't take much maternity leave. I only took maybe four weeks, three weeks, four weeks. That's it, yeah, if okay. I can't, because I was, because I had to, I, I had that urge to, you know, keep, keep, I don't want to pause it. I'm in the start yeah. of the career. I don't want to pause it. So, and, and I was like always looking for new things to do. So at those, at that time, analytics was, I mean, it was an analytics company. I was more in the data integration and the business intelligence type. So I was writing code for getting okay. the data 
and uh, you know implementing the models into production those sort of data not actually writing code for models you know not so mostly sql code. yeah mostly sql uh see sas the language for sql okay. the same similar so okay. that's what i was you know building um, codes implementing in production packaging it and all of that stuff i did that and um, so i was more doing it in the telecom and uh, i saw Starling a lot in of telecom is it telecom. telecom yeah and i saw a lot of interesting projects in finance those days finance had got all the money compared to you know you know even now i think even now <laughs> compared to telecom so they were doing some interesting projects they were doing cross sell and upsell retention in finance i went to my uh, boss and i said you know i, I wanted to do, you know do some interesting projects then they gave me you know you got to ask you know sometimes you need to let your boss know what's your interest and and when i mentioned to them that you know i've been i've done couple of years of telecom i want to get more into financial services space so that's how they moved me into financial services i was doing a bit of a project and i asked uh, again i had this interest in analytics and i said uh, to my boss i'm going to do a course in analytics you know it started there again and i said my and then she said to me look at the time even though it's a big analytics company you only had a limited analytics work yeah. all the projects were in bi analytics mm -hmm. was only very few so i understand that yes. uh, so your thought process was basically get me something in analytics i'm an yeah. analytics company but not really doing it so how yeah. can i get it so you by this you were like charged up to study all the time is it i mean yeah i don't know even now i'm, I'm crazy i think in one way uh, i have to keep learning something uh, quite uh, it's something new it gives me that satisfaction that i've learned something new okay so hasn't gone it's been that you know in 2002 that was my first thing after i've done my masters and got a job and i said analytics seems to be very exciting and i want to do that and then then there was an opportunity where cbea wanted to do a financial crimes platform implementation that was like the first ever for cba first ever for uh, sas in the in this region and they said you know do you want to take up the role as a tech lead and it was like way above than what i was doing uh, very so complex you, project so the cba offered you or through sas you had to go and work there through a sas through okay. sas right. but that okay. was a project for it's a very high profile project okay uh, very important and you are actually leading it technical technically leading it end to end so a little bit scared in between in the beginning then i thought you know they said you know we'll give all your all the support do you want to take it and i said yes so they sent me to india for training they had to get somebody from asia middle east because that's where the financial crimes thing they were doing a lot of projects there and then they gave, they gave me good training and i came here and implemented it but it was really a tough i was thinking uh, was it your mba degree that was helping you uh, others looking at you as maybe she can do it you know she is also a developer like others but maybe she can take up a leadership i, I think it did. you know i was not conscious then probably you know subconsciously i i just went in and did what are the opportunities but i think for them it would have given because those are all you're talking to the clients you're talking to understand the even though it's technical you know you have a slight edge over the other other employees who were purely technical i think that definitely gave me a slight edge and i was like pretty much 7 years been there in uh, in uh, sas but and then i had to there was i was uh, pregnant with my second child then and i had a situation i was 8 months pregnant my dad passed away and uh, that was another sort of a blow because i didn't see him for 3 years 
and I was actually looking forward this maternity leave, spending time with the baby and him. And this came as a big knock, a knock on effect. So I left everything, went to India. I delivered the baby. It was over six months for my delivery, six weeks, sorry, six weeks for my delivery. And when they didn't come back, finished my delivery, stayed there and, and then came back and I was in an emotionally imbalanced state. And mm. then uh, an ex-colleague of mine he was uh, in Westpac, he said, do you want to come contracting in Westpac? And we said, okay, six months contracting. And I was doing my contracting, then Westpac, the, 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 the boss, then he wanted to do a similar thing, what we did in CBA. He wanted to establish a end-to-end financial crimes platform and I had the experience and he said you you I want you to lead the team mm. and I said fine I will lead since then I was only technical mm. I've not uh, tasted and then I said yes I'm very happy to do that I will do all the you know I'll be a solution architect I'll do all the target state all of that stuff but I'm not doing management he said he wanted me to be a manager take looking mm. after the whole thing I said no I'm not doing management because I convinced myself that I'm a, a technical person and, mm. and, and management and that in Australia, you know, the, the culture and everything, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not ready for it. So I said, mm. I won't be, I, I don't think I'll be a fit for the management role, managing people and all that. So I'm happy where I am. So he constantly talked to me one month he took, and then he said, no, you're taking it and mm. I'm going to give you all the support that you need. And so he convinced me that I said, okay, fine. You know, that's when I became moved into the management role. That's the first manager mm-hmm. role I, I got. But one How thing did I found... It go? How did it go? That did it, go? Was, uh, it was Initially, it was a bit of a thing. What happened was I have team members and I have to give them work. And mm-hmm. because I've got this many years of experience, of course, I know quickly how to do things. So I would actually do it myself. And then... Yeah. And that, the, that thing of doing it has not gone. It took me some... And then my boss said, no, you have to let go. You have delegation. You know, there's mm. something called delegation. You got to let go, mm. give mm. them. And it took me a few months. And then after that, you know, I got, the, you know, the, how to do things. So slowly I started delegating and got comfortable with the management role. And then I was there doing well for three, four years. And after that, I was like getting, you know, I need something change and exciting because you've been doing this financial crimes for like nearly four years now. And I was looking uh, for both internally and externally opportunities. And there's this role came for an executive manager role in CBA. And I looked at it and I said, nah, you know, they're asking for 10 things. I only have five or six things. You know, I'm not going to apply for it. And I, and my husband looked at it, no, you should apply for it. I said, are you crazy? Are they asking for 10 things? I've got only, you know, five or six things. And I'm going to look stupid if I go there and, and want that role. I'm not senior enough to do to that role. I said, you know, you're not going to lose anything. Just apply. That's what he said. So, because he sort of put pressure on me to apply, apply, apply. He said, okay, apply. If he doesn't get it, you have to be blamed. So I applied it <laughs> and I'm surprised I got a call. I, I got a call and then they were happy with me and they, they gave me a job. And I was like, literally, I thought I was not ready for the draw. It's just that I accidentally applied for it, like give it a go. And then I, I got the gig and I was I was very excited. It's, it's a step up in my career. And yeah, um, it's a very good step up. So, yeah, yeah, it was actually there are two things. Yeah, sorry, you were saying something. Yeah, that's okay. Go, Ishan, you're saying something. So, something. two things I picked up uh, a message that I want to repeat. Uh, a while ago, you said uh, you got to tell your boss what you want. Yes. If you don't tell your manager, how would she or he know what you want? And yeah. you start contemplating um, bored and frustrated, looking for a job and this and that. 
but if you talk to your manager chances are he or she will be a guide as well for you if you are a good performer they'll take care of you so that was yes. one thing you said and second thing you said is you saw only five or six matching or five matching out of 10 so you didn't want to apply a lot of people don't apply for a job thinking about that yes i know i'm mature enough now but at that time i was not i thought you, you know if people apply for a job now if a people is 100% fit for a job i said don't apply because there is no opportunity for you to grow you get bored absolutely uh, and there is nothing for you to do so you need to have that 20% of learning new stuff and i know now i've been sort of seasoned a bit i i, I know that but those yeah. days you have to be ticking all the box to be able to yeah, do the job yeah, yeah. so no, it's a very powerful message uh, aruna that you gave uh, because i would say 90% people would not uh, apply for a, a role where they don't see enough of it so in, in your mind 50% is good enough i think 60 60, 60 uh, right. you know, depends okay. on the situation but right. you know but but the thing important is you need to have the aspiration and willingness to learn and attitude to learn uh, right. and and accept that you don't know and it is not easy for me also when i took on that uh, executive role it's actually uh, a two step up to where i was mm-hmm. and i was still a bit nervous and it never put me in the comfort zone i've never been in a comfort zone i think in in, in any role because it's always been you know i had the things i didn't know you know i felt you know to say people that i don't know because you are a manager you are leading a team and telling no that i don't know is i at that time i considered you know it's a no no you need to uh, if i didn't know i just kept it myself and found that some ways to know about it rather mm-hmm. than be gullible Asking, and yeah. saying that that i don't know but these are yeah. the things you know it is okay to say no it, that, that's how people sort of take uh, take you for what it is right otherwise nobody can be perfect in in everything they do but that's what that kept me in a very uneasy position because i'm not knowing everything i'm not knowing everything mm-hmm. that sort of thing but again see, yeah see a couple of question here aruna so when you take up a role which is you know it's a two step uh, up on one side you are very excited because you made it and you know remuneration and everything is very exciting but then there is a fear like not day one uh, i'm going into a role which is two step up and it's a new organization people don't know me i got to prove myself and how do i do all of those things so and of course you had that fear how did you um, manage it and how did you come out of it okay there's two things so one is actually my my boss she was a lovely lady joanna gore she was my mentor there i mean she was very she, she used to coach me uh, was a general me. general manager yeah so she used to coach me and uh, uh, guide me and also other thing i i learned is throw in the water and you will swim you know mm-hmm. if you wanted everything comfortable all aligned up ne- never happens even when i was doing this tough project in financial crimes i was thrown in the deep deep end but sometimes you need that to actually you know fight yourself and come up uh, and if you have support you know from your management you know it sort of works well i mean you do make mistakes uh, and that's one thing i realized that people make mistakes and uh, you know give them and give them a room to you know learn from the mistake and come it's not a mistake it's actually a learning experience learning. so uh, another yeah. question uh, aruna that comes in my mind is so from your perspective of course you thought five was matching out of 10 i got in there and i got it looking back are you able to think through what what would have joanna looked into you that she had you other than anybody else though you had only five things matching so i think definitely the background the 
the strong data management background I had, the data analytics background, which is what she was looking for. The other thing, it had a bit of governance aspects in it, which is a good thing for me because I was more into the data delivery side. And this role gave me a governance aspect as well, data analytics and data governance. So I was, I'm more of a process person. I mean, I need to have in, in things in structure. There needs to be a while a bit of agile, but still I'm not, you know, even if I do a coding, I write comments and everything beautifully. It needs to be aligned. Maybe it's a girl thing. I don't know, but it has to be have no, a it's process. A good thing, yeah. uh, it has to have a process and, and, uh, you know, while I talk, those sort of things comes out and she, she, you know, she wanted somebody who has got that structure, who can put a structure in place. It's a new team that she's trying to build. She wanted somebody come in, put a structure. Yeah, for, in for some reason, I'm again thinking of giving MBA as the reason because um, Maybe. MBA doesn't teach you how to do business. MBA teaches you how to become more professional, how to articulate, how to create a a report that looks good and it's to the point and uh, you can speak on a topic you can debate on a topic you can do a workshop you can do a good interview all of those things you learn in mba you don't learn how to do business in mba right yeah so, yeah I think <laughs> now that you're telling me i'm actually rethinking it because we did group discussions we did work, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know all of that stuff probably yeah. that they did help me all, all De definitely across. <laughs> definitely definitely so one of the team members worked for me she came from training building courses she was building courses for sifi you know sifi in india sifi you may not know you didn't really work in india yeah. so they they used to create courses the training courses online courses so her role was instructional design okay okay Today, she is a lead BA. And every time I talk to her, I say, you remember the instructional design work you did when you got in testing that helped because yes. you were so clean and structured. Yeah. And you became a BA, again, that helped. So when you were talking about, even when I was doing coding, I was like very structured. Some initial days of education and work really shapes us up how we do things later. Yeah, and yeah probably. Sorry, that was coming in my mind. How long did you work there? Four years, four plus four years, years I worked there. Yeah, and during that time was big data, Hadoop, all of that sort of started coming up. And again, my eagerness to do, learn the, the new things. And, and I raised up and I said, I wanted to be, you know, a part of those initiatives. I actually assisted in a few of those big data initiatives that the CBA had then. And again, you, you, you may laugh at it now. So, but I wanted to do, you know, the first time the analytics course, I was stopped over it and I, the next urge came in, no, I got to do a, an analytics course. So I actually enrolled in a business analytics course in Deakin University and I was studying. I did my first subject, everything went okay. Then I, that's when my third child came on the way and I, you know, naively said, Oh, that's fine, you know, I'm going to be in maternity leave uh, because this time now I'm a little settled. I took a longer maternity leave and I said, I'm going to, you know, do all the subjects and done it. By the time I finished my maternity leave, I would have mostly at least covered my, and not not 1% not of that happened. And mm -hmm. I got so exhausted with all of those process and I, I let go. I, I did just do one subject and then didn't, didn't, um, didn't do it. So, so during again, that time, again, uh, analytics was still not being uh, utilized. So you were talking about big data. Analytics not being utilized. At the time, it was business analytics. Like how do you use the big data and the Hadoop technologies to drive value for your data? So it's more around the data engineering space. But 
still the, the analytics were the traditional form of analytics. But at mm -hmm. least you were having this big data platforms which were able to process all the data, you know, all of that uh, stuff which you didn't have before was slowly was able to becoming a, a enabler for analytics. Mm -hmm. you know, one of the so reasons... from there, the current role that you are in, was it from there or in between you worked el elsewhere as well? The reason I'm asking is I'm very keen to get into the personal branding and building authority. Yeah, okay. I'll uh, fast track it now. So, no, no, okay. no. So, uh, in, you did that for four years and after that, did you do And then I got an, uh, so I was pregnant and then maternity leave came, came back. back yeah. And then I wanted a change uh, of career because it's been four years. You know, I feel that when you're there in a role for four years, there's not much to learn. First year, you get familiar. Good. Second another year, message, another very, done. another very important message. Yes, keep yes. going on. In third year, you've sort of done mostly. That's uh, it. Fourth year, you are like itching. Now, what do I do next? Yeah, so that's been, you, you won't believe me if you look at my including first uh, uh, Westpac four years, CBA four years. Then I came back to Westpac and uh, there was a good opportunity in the creditor space to manage the regulatory compliance program. So I headed up that team end to end getting the data to building the models and implementing the models into production i had the delivery team support team and and the architects all of that together so it was quite hectic because compliance and regulation keeps you on the toes all the time with new initiate new uh, regulatory compliance that comes and i was all then moved into the they were doing a risk transformation to analytics transformation program they were rehauling re the full analytics transformation engine with the cloud and other new state-of-the-art technologies then. So I was part of that work for some for some time. And then again, my four-year period came knocking down the door. You are done your four years. You need to look for uh, something. So I don't know, it just subconsciously, it's just kicking off. And then again, there was something that I was not fully happy. There's something I can do. I'm not, and this analytics, it keeps on coming back to me. Uh, I wanted to get that. Somehow it keeps moving away from me all the time. So mm -hmm. this time I said, I have to do it. And then I want to do Master of Data Science or something along that line. So I asked uh, for advice for people who have been in the analytics space for a long time. So what do you, they said, oh, the statistics and data science is too uh, technical. And uh, even if you do it, you won't get uh, looking for people who have got a lot of experience in that field. So you're probably too late. The other said, are you crazy? You're already in the mid of your career. You know, you want to spend another two years. Are you really going to want to go through all of that? So then I, I had a bit of a doubt. I didn't know what to do. Then I thought, okay, you've been doing target state analysis for uh, your for your organization and solution. Probably do it for yourself. So I actually took some time. I, I went to mm. the job description and took the job that I wanted, like the job that I'm doing right now, head, head of AI data science. What are they asking for? So I looked at 10 or different, uh, hmm. 15 different jobs. You know, there was a pattern, you know, people ask for different things, but generally there is a pattern. Hmm. Ask for. So I put that and I put my current um, experience and then yes. where, what I thought, and I looked at what's the gap. There are two gaps yes. that really came out. Yes. One was that they asked him, and yes. especially in data science, they asked for, you need yeah. to have master's in data science or a PhD. That's a stock standard. Even I ask nowadays when I ask for data science, it's true. So that's one thing I, I identified. Second thing I identified is that you need to be, you need to, if you are going into that sort of level, I wanted to go to the head off and about how you need to be making yourself known to others, which is where the personal branding things come, right? You know, it is, and, um, right. up until then, you do a good job at your work. Right. 
you know people appreciate what you do in that work that's good enough mm. uh, you don't have that's my perception till then going mm. into linkedin and spending all that time and energy putting things up you know somebody out there who's going to who know who doesn't know you what's going to happen right so that was my so what you're doing right now which is mm. good and a bad because you only working for that nobody knows about you you are you know once you leave that organization then you are again mm. starting from scratch nobody else apart from that company knows you right so those are the two things that really start, stood out mm. for me then i said okay i'm going to fix those two things uh, which is my gap and and i told my husband give me two years time all right so because it does i need to make i need to bring him on board because there is a lot of time and effort i need family time i need to so he need to be also uh, be yeah. in the same on board with what i'm trying to do and on he board, was yeah. always very supportive of my journey so far so he said okay fine you know i i personally don't want you to go through all of this but if that is what makes you happy <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> so the you know the hard work is more scared of your all the commitment yeah, so and he, he hard work that, and everything you know, has to go I in personally awesome. you are happy to go through of, of all of this you know i'm supportive yeah yeah i know you already I know. done like three degrees right that yeah and then masters and you tried another yeah so it's like you know so i i have that thing i've been yes. trying and i'm not getting it so somehow i have to how come i can't that's probably one thing like i if somebody says i can't do it then i wanted to sort of why can't why can't i do it that that's probably there somewhere which is sort of pushing me so yeah. uh, that's what i did so i i took the master of data science course in james cook university that was good because it has a lot of saas components in it which helped me to go through the course fairly quickly because i was pretty very good at saas being worked there for many years yeah. so it's really helped me so yes. it was yes. not i mean still there were a few things i learned I, but i get excited learning new things i would watch yeah. tv still do programming uh, and get the, I, yeah. i like the satisfaction when the code works and i get the result uh, right that sort of thing so i i liked this yeah. enjoyed it and did the course and i was i think i was almost trying finishing the, so again i had a plan i'll finish the course i was at at the time working in amp financial services as a partner um then i said okay i'll finish the course and i will look in amp for an opportunity to move into that data science and ai space otherwise i if not then i'll look for outside like, you know you plan one thing something happens again that is where i, I see hmm. god out there is looking you know i think you put all the effort hard work hmm. and then rest leave it up is is what so i i did my first so i was uh, doing that yeah. and i got headhunted by hcl technologies and they said you know they looked at the profile they looked at my experience and they wanted somebody to head the, the their ai and data science practice for this region so are you interested so Uh, i was like uh, i was happy at the same time i was i wasn't sure because course itself takes a long time it takes it drains you a lot of energy like you do your full time work and then you have to do your um, assignments and submission all of that so i wanted to finish it off before i start then i was thinking you know if you let go this then another opportunity like that to get you may or may not you know at, at least in i was lucky i finished all so there's only one subject that was left to do i said you know that's going to be another three but mm-hmm. anyway new career new job you want to prove yourself in your new job as well so first impression so i had these two yeah. but yep. i said Absolutely. okay let's let's get on it you don't think too much let's go and we'll see what happens we'll handle it that's the attitude i had and i got that opportunity mm-hmm. and 
and I started there. And so I did my job and I finished my the course. And then I, I wanted to focus on my personal branding thing that which I saw there was a gap. So what I was like passing out, looking into the website, AI communities and, and stuff like that. So I one, one day I was uh, um, uh, browsing through this Swiss cognitive uh, AI community, which was a global community. I just wanted to reach out to them and ask them, you know, how can I sort of contribute, in sense contribute, help them with the, any of their initiatives. That's all. You know, I was not looking to do any big, I didn't know where to start. I just sort of researched around and I spoke to that lady and the way I spoke, she she saw the passion in me and she said, we are doing a conference, a global conference a week or two, you know, in two weeks time. It's about AI and leadership. You've got leadership, you know, experience and AI. Do you want to speak? First uh, speak in a global conference. I think they had many countries, 6,000 people, you know, there's a global, I don't know, number of countries, more than 80 countries maybe there. You know, the, I, you know, one um, word that keeps on, the, it says Richard Branson used to, I read it somewhere and still there, it's still now it's stuck on me. It's, he says, if somebody offers you an amazing opportunity mm -hmm. and you don't know, say yes. And then you figure it out what to do. Say yes. You learn it say out. Yes, right? That stuck on me like, you know, out, you know yes. every, yes. any, any situation, I just think about it. And I said, and it was only five, 10 minutes conversation. I said, yes, mm -hmm. not knowing because, you know, how am I going to do, you know, it's the first ever, uh, there was a lot of, I said, yes. And then because I said, yes, now I have to keep up with my commitment. I can't go back on it. So it was a, the first one was a bit of a, you know, getting used to, I, I got into that conference and reasonably did well. And from then on, people started knowing me, people started approaching me and asking for, you know, you know, would you want to participate in this conference? Would you want to do this? And I also started being very active in LinkedIn, started putting, you know, things in there that could, I can share my experiences. That was there. That was one aspect of it. The other aspect is when I was in AMP, I was doing, we had to do a data literacy. We were running this AI and data literacy program. Right. And then what we explored is why don't we do it in animation form to sort of raise interest. So there was one of this per person, he was doing cool animation, you know, mm -hmm. those automatically writes everything. And that's why I, I loved it. You know, I've been, I was thinking I, I should know how to do it because I like design mm -hmm. and doing it. And I asked that person, you know, you know, how do you do it? It looks so mm -hmm. uh, nice. And he said, you know, do you want to learn? I said, yes, I want to. And I, and again, you know, he was leaving the job and they were looking for somebody to do that sort of videos. And I said, yes. And there was every two weeks, they have to release one of the videos. And first one was a little bit, um, not sure where mm -hmm. to start, where to go. He did give me a handover. And I said to my, uh, myself, mm -hmm. Arun, do you really want to commit yourself mm -hmm. to now are you committed? You know, I said yes to my boss and I have to do it now I'm struggling. Mm -hmm. So, but somehow with all the work and other pressure, I did it. And, and put it and it worked, it came out well. And I was doing slowly for my company uh, around data and AI literacy. And I did a small course on in RMIT on AI strategy because I wanted to know how to do that AI strategy sort of things because I had a break when I was doing my master of data science. Three months, I didn't have anything to do. And I was in this uh, learning spree. I don't want to give a gap. I said, okay, I will take this little uh, course, which is only a yeah. three program. <laughs> on AI strategy, I'm going to do it. So I went there and did it. And the end of the course, we have to do a two-minute video on what is AI. 
and and everybody was doing in powerpoint and stuff and i mm. said i know this animation why don't i use it and do it so no expectation it's just that you know i knew right. this and i want to do it so i did it and when i put it on there everybody my 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 mentor he didn't expect this and he was blown away and uh, because of the animation and the simplicity i don't know what and mm. all the all of them got you know they they mine was the the star performer there and everybody liked it and in fact uh, some here the mm. professor said other professor wanted to use it they wanted my permission to use it for other kids i was like i never expected all of this and i then realized that there is a you know the community yeah. out there who wants to learn because one of the things i found with ai is it is considered very complex and too too hard too difficult and too technical and i want to demystify that was one of my aim so using video animation using simplified language i thought you know yes it looks like people are interested in it so that's when i started delivering one video every month i i first created what is ai then history of ai types of ai why do you need ai strategy ethics in ai um, so when you say you started to create my, my person, i created you because I, i said now people are seems to be there seems to be interest okay, and i slowly that's how i picked up you know then i uh, this whole uh, personal branding journey how long is that branding i only for? started the july this month july that's this it. year so last 3 months that's it so but no, the, the videos the, i created before the videos the, i created before speak, the first the videos yeah when july. did you speak the july, july. when did you speak the july. first time the conference july itself so that's fairly new yeah, and yeah i think uh, there is one traction. thing my if i go on one thing i go really head on he used to say you just probably that sort of urge and if i look back it's not it looks like so many years have done but it's actually last few but the videos after that course i created i saw interest and i slowly created a youtube channel and then put one video and then another one once a month i started releasing one by one video i can see people looking at it and the most amazing bit in the video uh, interesting people like what is history of ai more than any other videos i've put in and i was thinking why people want to know history of i thought that was one of the subject you not interest you probably want to know how to build a strategy or how is ai in banking but even if i look at it now that's the most uh, performing video and i'm still surprised why people are so amazed with the journey of ai but you know just as a side note so that's how uh, i created a youtube channel so i i think there is that's how right right so it's been uh, amazing amazing uh, journey aruna a couple of quick uh, questions running in my mind one is when do you think it's a, it's the right time to start building personal brand and personal brand is not just about being on a stage like every little thing you did the video the the blog the speaking authoring everything is all, all of those things are involved as part of building your visibility and authority and you said especially when you start to move into senior management role it is vital these days you just can't be unknown if you are getting into senior management role but looking back now you know the world has changed at what stage you would suggest a professional to so start no building when, a little bit you of know, even when you are studying in uni start start from there start from there 
Now, I wanted to wanted to hear that. I didn't, I didn't want to say because a lot of people say he's no, a career I mean, coach. I think I'm very, very late in this game. Very, very late in this game. No, I completely agree. Today, it's much easier to find a job if you could build a little bit exactly. of brand. And it doesn't cost money to build a brand. Uh, it does 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 require effort and that's where my next question is so you have a family three kids and a husband and a very very high uh, accountability job uh, you still do keynote speaking and youtubing and i'm not planning. lying it, it, it does take a you know bit of a planning bit of a, you know support by my family members as bit well i'm not going to say yeah. but uh, the passion um, passion drives me if you have a passion and you find a way so uh, that was my third question, actually. You never get uh, yeah, bored yeah. and exhausted uh, doing all thing, this beauty, much. If, when I, if I get to do a job, which is, you know, you expect, you know what exactly need to be done. You go in the morning and come back. I get bored and stressed out and tired very easily. I am okay to be stressed out in this way where I don't have time. I'm doing a lot of these things. But you get a personal satisfaction that you've done, you know, because my if you look at my career you know what what my success in the future would i would see is if i'm being seen as an evangelist on ai and data science and the potential is caught if i'm able to influence uh, or inspire other women you know you know being able to part you know be women in tech and ai and leadership you know you know that's that's what i see right mm -hmm. so that's what drives me the passion to to be able to do that and i I'm, I'm lucky enough that I'm able to do it. And, uh... mm. and throughout this journey, any influence, like you talked about your uh, boss, CBA boss, Joanna, are there any other influences, either your supervisor or anybody else whom you looked at and said, maybe, you know, this is something I want to do. See, any kind um, of influence I mean, that there you are to a few key people uh, during my journey in, in a small way, big way. They have helped me in this you know, Jonah Gary, there is, you know, Michael Seek, he was there at one point uh, helping me in the, in the CBA, you know, in, in the SAS days, you know, Margaret, Margaret Anderson, who was my training coach then, uh, you know, at various, uh, you know, like even now in my current role, I've got few peers, you know, there's who, 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 who you know, there are people who I can go and tell anything, you know, you don't have to have any reservations, be open and and you say, and they will be support you. And I've got quite a few people there. And most importantly, I've got a coach at my home and my husband, and he's very critic. And sometimes, you know, I think uh, that is very important. So anything I do, even now, if I give any speech, I still ask him to give me feedback. How did I do? What can be? And I tell him to tell me the feedback. And, we need, and, and he gives the feedback. Sometimes he gives, you know, point blank feedback. Which which I get sometimes annoyed, and I I, I do mm -hmm. sort of get uh, sometimes upset. And he said to me, "I'm the only one who can tell you black and white, you know what is needed to to improve yours, right? So mm -hmm. there are other people can tell you, but they can only go so, to a certain extent, right? But from me, me, you're gonna get the real. So you know okay. sometimes you do get upset because you've done all the effort and you get this. You wanted the people tell you that you're doing well, and you know getting that negative feedback sometimes." It's on you, but he's there, you know, mentoring, coaching me and try helping me with all, all the journey. I wouldn't have been here and my mom as well, supporting me all through. I think they are the ones, the main mentors, I would say. 
That's fantastic. And the final question for you is if you had to go back and start all over again, or let's say, what would you say to your, to the 20 year old? So if I had to summarize all the key points that I've sort of, uh, first, as you said, right, ask for help. Don't hesitate. You know, if you ask for help, you get it. Otherwise you won't get it. So that's one thing. Be curious to learn all the time. You know, have the, you know, there's never enough, you know, even after 10 years, I might be learning something or other. There's always, you know, things to do, learn other. Yeah. And prioritize learning. It so, never, time will never don't be, be enough. You prioritize learning. Don't be in your comfort zone. If you are having a feeling that you are in a comfort zone, yes. maybe you're not uh, doing, doing the right thing, right? So you got to move on. Make your presence known, right? So that is make your presence known. And celebrate make your uh, even small success. That's one thing. Because I used to think, you know, if I tell everyone, they used to think I'm trumping, oh, my blowing my yeah, own it's, trumpet. It's a small because thing. If I don't tell, they're not going to know about it. And mm-hmm. then how do they know that I've got these right. capabilities, right? These skills. So, you know, these days, I, right. I think right. this generation is very lucky. They've got various mediums to express themselves. And a lot of, you know, coaches like you are coming up and helping you know, which we probably at those days didn't get. It was, you know, hard. Even if you want to learn some courses, you have to ask company to pay $3,000, go to a class, sit down and do it. These days, online, free, you just go YouTube it. You get everything, right? So I think this generation has got all the the right things. They just have to start using it and getting uh, getting value out of it. That's wonderful. Thank you for all the sharing. You kind of... Uh, did a one hour <laughs> crash course in building career so yeah I couldn't have expected more than this anything you thought uh, maybe Sam uh, should have asked this question he missed I it. think we, uh, we pretty much covered you we covered the whole thing I went through the whole journey I don't know is there anything left I think I, I this is this is the first interview I've opened up I really opened up because there are certain things you don't tell to a, a, anyone because, yeah. you know, but then I think I'm in the maturity level now. I want people to be learning from those difficult journeys. Yeah. Life is not full of you yeah, know, bed of roses. You know, absolutely. there is ups and downs. The priorities, you know, well. I was saying kids, right? So there was a guilt for a long time. And now I have the maturity and I'm proud that yeah. I was able to draw a balance and able to do both uh, equally. I may not be best at both, yeah. right? But mm. at least I've done, given my best to both. Mm. Uh, uh, that's how I, I see it. Mm. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Mm. So I think you, uh, your interview made me to open up. And, uh, you know, otherwise, usually I'm not, I'm a very introvert person. I don't open up that uh, that often. So thank you for giving. <laughs> didn't, didn't appear yeah. to be yeah, like so that. Was, it was nice. No, really appreciate it. We will come to an end and... <laughs> It was lovely talking to you and uh, we will catch up uh, again soon. Thank you for listening to the Empowering Indian Expats podcast with your host Asan Ali. Hope you too got inspired by Aruna's stories and learned something valuable that you can apply in your career. For me, I picked up three things. Uh, One, uh, the value of constant learning. Second, uh, willingness to be outside comfort zone. And third, 
various ways to build authority and personal brand, which is uh, in today's era uh, crucial to get into senior leadership roles. Uh, let me know what you got from Arunas' stories and uh, if you are looking for a change within employment or wanting to transition to entrepreneurship, do connect with me on LinkedIn. I may be able to help you myself or will connect you with someone who has already been on the journey you are contemplating right now.